guys were in the MLB, what would you want your nickname to be? Or have you ever had a cool um, baseball nickname? It doesn't have to be baseball. I guess it could just be any nickname at all. <laughs> I don't know. I'm boring. I think I would probably just want to go by Chaz because I think that that's a, <laughs> I think that that's funny. Nobody ever actually calls me that. I'm always Chuck or trying to get people to call you something Chaz. like that. Yeah, but nobody ever does. Well, not nobody, but some so family if it was, members. So you're on the Twins, and it's Players Weekend. You're putting Chaz on the back of your jersey. Yeah. Oh, right. if we're talking Players Weekend, I would put a random string of emojis, and I would leave it up to other people to have to figure out what it means. So mine would be like the fire emoji, and then it would be like a palm tree, and then it would be a chicken, and then two clouds, and then a puzzle piece. And I would just leave people I think to people are going to assume somehow that that's smoking weed because you have fire, a tree, and clouds. They're just going to ignore the okay, chicken. Okay, you know what? That's fair. You, that's fair. Okay, we'll shake it up. We'll shake it up. Instead of the, we'll do, instead of the palm tree, we'll do um, an old-fashioned uh, telephone, like a rotary phone. I think they have that emoji somewhere. And then instead of two clouds, it's one cloud and then um, a barber pole. Because they've got that mm. emoji as well, so figure that one out, Ch- Chaz. So old time. I think people fo- will make it. They'll make it sexual. Old time phone, well, yes. cloud, said, barber pole, and a chicken, and a fire emoji, and a puzzle piece. It's definitely it. sexual. If that's what you want to think, uh, Sam, what would your players' weekend nickname be? I don't know. You know, it's a cool nickname. I, I'm not saying I would take this one on, but like people like. The franchise? I think that's a cool nickname. I could go like... <laughs> Sam shows up, uh, I'm the franchise? They're like, uh, <laughs> wait, you are? You just put that on your jersey? Sam's like, yeah. <laughs> I could be Sammy franchise. Uh, all right, I could see it. I could see it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about some good nicknames, though. We're talking about a guy today that has, I think, one of the better nicknames in baseball. Uh, Thor, pretty fun. Uh, it's also pretty fun because I think Charlie, you've also been called Thor by some people uh, we all know. So, yeah, Char- Charlie, you could you could have Thor too on your jersey. Yeah, Thor's already taken. That's the thing. Thor T O O, like Thor also. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> maybe well, uh, maybe if I was a baseball player after Cindergard, then I would like ask him yeah. if I could. You're like, hey, can I be Thor? Is it is that chill? Is it chill? There's if two I'm Thor now? There's two pudges. Why can't there be yeah. two things? And I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem as long as he wasn't still playing. But I wouldn't want to just like <laughs> ride his, you know. No, no, Charlie, your nickname would just be, it would be, you would have Thor, but then your nickname would be the cooler Thor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you guys That's would fair. stand next. <laughs> well, uh, welcome everybody to One Game at a Time. This is the podcast where we tell the story of a single game from baseball's history. I'm Warner, and I'm joined by my co hosts, Sam and Charlie. Hello guys we got sammy franchise we got Chaz, uh the cooler thor thor 2 we're still working on it um how you guys doing thor throws 100 miles an hour charlie how fast could the cooler thor throw not very fast i don't think it would register (laughs) so it's like cooler in terms of like you know they throw a a flaming fast thor throws a flaming fastball the cooler thor throws a literal cooler pitch because yeah. it's colder yeah, it's but i wear heater, sunglasses it's yeah you wear sunglasses though nice yeah, just some that's the difference some ray-bans up on the mound just <laughs> chilling everyone's like that's the cooler thor 
Well, uh, yeah, this week's game uh, was suggested by Sam. Uh, if you have any suggestions for games, send us an email or reach out on all the social media platforms. We are at OGATPod on all of those. Our email is OGATPod at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a game you want us to cover. And also, if you're a Patreon supporter, you will get priority in suggesting games. So go check that out. And, you know, maybe we'll cover a game that uh, you want us to cover. That'd yeah, we've already fun. gotten a request in the pipeline, and we're going to get to that one. Uh, that one will be coming soon, the one that we've already been suggested. And also, Warner, you said this one was suggested by who? The, the one we're doing today? Well, let's see. It's someone named Sam. No, I'm not no. really sure. It's... Sammy Franchise. Oh, it was Sammy Franchise. Was okay, Sammy I Franchise. thought it was that weird stalker that we have whose name is also Sam, but maybe that's someone different. Oh, okay, okay. No, that one's also. <laughs> it's Sam, but he's wearing a fake mustache. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh. That makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, yeah, what do you guys say we uh, jump into this game, then? Let's do it. I mean, if you want, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of the, I think, that's I kind think of the point. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we could do part, it if you want, I guess. I mean, well, you know, now I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess We I could do something else. <laughs> do you guys just want to talk about, like, I don't know, I was walking, no, I'm just, all right, let's... <laughs> In the early part of the 2017 season, the National League East was still anyone's division. The Washington Nationals had gotten off to a quick start and were currently leading the division by five games on April 30th. But baseball can be a fickle sport, and leads can disappear almost overnight, especially when division rivals square off. Case in point, the Nationals had already dropped the first two games of their home stand against the New York Mets, who were last in the division but climbing fast. Game 1 had seen aces Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer face off, with deGrom coming out on top. Then it was Zach Wheeler against Steven Strasburg, but a three-run fifth from the Mets and a couple late-inning insurance runs netted New York another win. Division lead be damned, now the Nationals were doing whatever they could to avoid getting swept, which wasn't going to be an easy task with Noah Syndergaard on the mound. The big right-hander was coming off an all-star 2016 campaign that got him Cy Young and MVP votes, but as the Mets' new ace in 2017, expectations were huge. He'd been the opening day starter and was currently 1-1 on the season with a 1.73 ERA, but most notably, he'd struck out 30 so far and hadn't walked a single batter. When they call Noah Syndergaard Thor, I mean, he really is Thor. He is a specimen. He's 6'6", 242. I think he looks like he should be on like a CW show. He's that beautiful. I mean, yeah, he's got the <laughs> flowing blonde locks, you know, down to, I mean, past the shoulders. It's, uh, yeah, Thor for good reason. That hair cannot be good for, like, COVID. You definitely are getting COVID caught in that hair. <laughs> he gets all sorts of stuff caught in that hair. Do you think he gets his power from his hair, like a Samson situation, though? No, I don't. I think so. I think so. he gets it from his buns. I would his, I would imagine like most baseball Yeah, his butt, yeah. I I would imagine most baseball players get their power from their buns. <laughs> I mean he's got buns of steel. I feel like he probably gets his power from, you know, mix between his bicep and his shoulder. Tricep no. probably helps too. No, 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 no. Pitching is all in the mix buns. between that. I mean, I think I think he made a deal with, you know, some maybe lesser demon out there. You're always like, hey, talking let's... about this on the podcast. You're always saying guys are making deals with devils and stuff. I think it's because Warner made a deal with the devil <laughs> to try and get this podcast fame and notoriety, but he's getting shafted. Yeah, I, 
I don't think I picked the right demon. <laughs> well, hey, you, go, you know, I'm trying to, I'm out here trying to make our show happen, guys. And, you know, I'm trying. All right. What deals have you guys been making? Sammy franchise. Well, starting for Washington was Joe Ross, who had a 6.17 ERA, but was 1-0 in his two starts thus far due to the 14 and 15 runs of support his team had given him. If he wanted to add another win to his tally, and if the Nationals wanted to salvage their series with the Mets, they'd have to get to Syndergaard. I mean, you can let up, you can let up six runs a start if your team is going to score 15 runs every time you pitch. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, it's been uh, working out for him so far. To top it all off, the Nationals had just lost their new outfielder, Adam Eaton, following the first game of the series on Friday night, when he'd stumbled at first base and left the game. The next day, an MRI revealed he'd torn his ACL and meniscus and sprained his ankle. His injuries would keep him out for the rest of the 2017 season. Not what the Nationals wanted for Eaton after trading away two of their top prospects to get him. This was like such a big trade. Because it was a, with the White Sox. I'm obviously a White Sox fan. You are? I am. Sammy Franchise is a White Sox fan. And this was big. This is how we got Lucas Giolito. This is how we got Ronaldo Lopez. This was like headline news trade. And then within a month of the season, Eaton gets hurt. And that, I mean, that sucks. When you trade away your number one prospect, Lucas Giolito, to get Adam Eaton, and he gets hurt right away, you feel like you're just fucked, I bet. Well, Ross started off the game with a strikeout, but gave up a triple to the Mets' Jose Reyes. Jay Bruce followed with a single, and it was quickly Mets 1, National 0. The next two batters would ground out, though, getting Ross out of an early game scare. Syndergaard started off the bottom of the first by striking out Trey Turner, but gave up a single to Jason Wirth, then a walk to 2015 MVP and National star player Bryce Harper, his first of the season. His first walk of the season, so, all right, you know, it's his what fifth game i think by this point yeah that's pretty um, crazy you know yeah yeah it is pretty crazy <laughs> i didn't know if you were gonna say more it is pretty no crazy, i just though. think that's pretty crazy you go fucking five games without walking anybody throwing that's a insane ball. <laughs> <laughs> throwing a ball 100 miles an hour with that type of accuracy and precision that's pretty crazy yeah it's almost like he's good at baseball or something Ooh, hot take yeah Charlie with i don't know take. <laughs> I think the the jury's still out on that one, but I'm going to say it. he's good. I mean, I could throw a fastball 100 miles an hour, but, like, I don't know if I could ha- not walk anybody. I'd probably walk a few people. I'd draw a walk against you. <laughs> no, I'm throwing, you, I'm throwing you meatballs down the plate, see if you could hit them, because that's how, that's how much confidence I have you can't. I'd lean into one and take my base. Yeah, I was going to say, You'd I feel lean like all the way probably... over the plate to just get hit by the ball? Yeah, you get you get out. They would, you can't do that. Nah, I, you know, I'd wait. You'd miss a little inside on one. Who's umpiring this game? <laughs> Me. I'd, I'd stick my elbow out. Whoa! Oh, I'm yeah, Sam. Blue, are you gonna Sam, call you can't this? just be hitting guys like that. You Whoa. know, you gotta be throwing oh, it down the, oh, down the middle. Geez. You can't just be hitting guys. I threw oh, it down the man. middle. This is bogus. Oh man, you hit oh, this guy. He leaned into that. Oh. He's in so much pain. He leaned into right? that. Hey, this is a, that's a warning, buddy. All right, one more of those. A warning! I'm, to- I'm tossing a- you out. You're, what? You're going to run me? 
you know what? That's it. You're out of here. You're out of here. And then I, I, I point at your bullpen, and now I'm pointing at every player on your bull, on your, in your team's dugout, Sam. And I'm like, you're out of here. You're out of here. You're out of here. And then I start pointing out to the bullpen, and I'm like yelling, you're out of here. You're out of here until there's no one left. Um, and then when Charlie's team starts celebrating, I'm like, wait, what's that? You're out of here. You're out of here. You're. And now I'm the only one left, and I just won the game. Oh my god. Fools. This is Anyways. like a baseball under COVID. This is like post-apocalyptic situation right here. Just the umpire out there, <laughs> just standing at home plate, checking his watch, be like, wow, pace of play. <laughs> Pretty nice. Got that game done in uh, 17 minutes and 12 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Notice me, Manfred. <laughs> well, it wasn't over there. As following the walk, Mr. National Ryan Zimmerman, who was off to a hot start of his own, hitting over 400 and leading the league in RBIs, drove in Worth to tie the game up at 1-1. Well, Syndergaard struck out Daniel Murphy for the second out, but threw a wild pitch with the Nationals' third baseman, Anthony Rendon, at the plate that gave Harper and Zimmerman a free pass to move up a base. Then, two pitches later, Syndergaard tried to muscle a 100-mile-an-hour fastball past Rendon. Behind 2-0. Rendon grounds one through the hole, a base hit. Harper is in. Zimmerman heads home. Conforto's throw goes off the glove of the cutoff man, and that enables Rendon to go to second. A two-run single for Anthony Just like that, it was Mets 1, Nationals 3, with Rendon's grounder through the left side. Michael Taylor followed in the hit parade with a single of his own that scored Rendon, then after intentionally walking Matt Wieters to get to the pitcher, Joe Ross, Syndergaard tried to beat him with a fastball. Oh, as he had made his start those days ago. And Ross has a base hit. Taylor heads home. Conforto's throw to the plate, hits the runner, and the Nats have a five-run first inning. Pitchers who rake. <laughs> I, can't ima- I can't believe a pitcher is hitting a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. That is insane. Yeah. I mean, um, he, he put a nice swing on that ball. I got to yeah. gotta give him credit. Yeah, credit where credit is due. He fouled one off earlier in the bat, and I was like, oh, shit. This guy, you know, He's that's pretty good. <laughs> and then he got a hit, and I was like, oh, he came to play. Put him on Mount Crushmore. <laughs> put him on Mount Crushmore. I love it, Sam. Joe Ross on everybody's Mount Crushmore. Just him over and over again. Man, he pitched in the World Series. He got blown up. Yes, he did. Toros got blown up in the World Series. Well, they should have just, you know, let him let him hit the whole time. I bet he would have done much better. <laughs> he did hit in the World Series. I wonder how well he would have hit if he would have had a banging scheme to help him out. Yeah, he went over over one in the World Series yeah. with a strikeout. I'm saying they should have put him in the lineup every day. Then, oh boy, World Series MVP Joe Ross right there. Well, how about we talk well, about after... Cindergard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, after giving up five runs in the first inning, Syndergaard finally stopped the bleeding when he got Trey Turner to ground out. Not a great inning. Yeah, not a great inning for Syndergaard, but it sucks to be Trey Turner when you, you make two of the three outs by striking out. Yeah, and then you finish the inning by grounding out, bat after around, the, and then you yeah, end after it. the oh. pitcher just got a hit, you're like, okay, I can do okay, that. Go. All right, all right. I struck out the first time. This is my shot, and then he grounds out. Oh, that sucks. Who made the other out? Do we know? Um, Daniel Murphy struck out. Okay. So yeah, Murphy and Trey Turner, who makes two of the three outs. Losers. Down 5-1 to one in the top of the second, 
the Mets needed to cut into the Nationals' lead, and they started making progress when Rene Rivera homered to left on Ross's third pitch, making it Mets 2, Nationals 5. The remaining Mets couldn't tack on any more, though, giving the Nationals another chance at Cindergaard. The first batter, Jason Wirth, hit a bullet to third that was snagged by a jumping Matt Reynolds for the third out. That was a then great was... catch by Reynolds. This, this yeah, ball should have been a double. Stole a hit from Jason Wirth here, that's for sure. Then it was Bryce Harper, but following the fourth pitch, Syndergaard suddenly clutched his right side in pain and took a lap around the mound. As trainers rushed to the mound, it seemed clear. Something was seriously wrong. After a quick discussion, Syndergaard was out. Later exams would reveal he'd torn his right lat, and he'd eventually be sidelined for most of the 2017 season. After an offseason filled with so much hope, it was the last thing Noah Syndergaard wanted. Yeah, and it's the last thing the Mets wanted. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Syndergaard's, like, dealt with injuries. And, I mean, people say it. Humans are not supposed to be doing this kind of thing. Throwing a, a ball like that, as fast, that fast with that torque and shit. Like, yeah, I mean, he was, it's worth noting, they mentioned at the top of the game that Syndergaard's the hardest-throwing pitcher right now. In, you know, 2017, he's the hardest-throwing pitcher in baseball. Um, even his breaking balls are still almost faster than some right. guys' and he's not, normal stuff. He's not Araldis Chapman coming for, you know, one inning, 10 to 15 pitches. Like, he's routinely going six, seven innings, throwing 90 pitches. With, like, things like this are going to happen, unfortunately. I've heard that Mets staff have tried to convince him to not throw 100% on every pitch so he, this doesn't happen to him, and he's like, he shuts that down right away and says, no, this is what makes me the best, so I'm going to keep doing it. He's a competitor, it. yeah. I mean, what does that mean, not throw 100 Like, Like, how could he do that? Won't hitters just fucking feast on him when he's not throwing it 100%? Um, no. I mean, I, it's, I think it's pretty common for starting pitchers to, like, like, even Nolan Ryan was the kind of guy, like, part of his longevity was that he knew his stuff was good enough that he could take something off so that he could throw 140 pitches in a game. Hmm. And then you'd turn it, you know, it's not pitching at 50% throwing BP, but it's throwing it 95%, just taking a little bit off, not doing that extra oomph at the end. Well, maybe, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to shit on Syndergaard. I think he's a good pitcher, but, like, maybe he doesn't have the skill to do that. Yeah, maybe. Because one thing about Ryan that I've always heard is that he was able to, like, turn it up a notch. And I don't think that means pitching, a hun- like, 110%, because 110% isn't a real thing. I think that's what people have tried to say with Syndergaard, is the way he pitches is just so fast and so violent, honestly. This stuff's just bound to happen. Syndergaard had pitched one and a third innings, allowing five hits and five runs while striking out two. Replacing him was Sean Gilmartin, who got Harper and Zimmerman to ground out to end the inning. New York inched closer as Jay Bruce blasted a home run in the third, making it three to five, but the remaining Mets would go down in order. Man, Jay Bruce is just... Jay Bruce is always around. He's just always around hitting, like, 30 homers. Yeah, I wish he played for the Blue Jays, though. Why? He never, he never has. Because his name is Jay. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic. Sam. No, oh, I'm yeah. so dumb. <laughs> he it's could right, be Mr. J. Mr. Blue Jay. You put that you in know? the notes too, and I was like, why do you want him to play in Toronto? Like, what are you talking about? 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, in the bottom of the third, the Nationals would answer Bruce's home run when Anthony Rendon got his second chance at the plate. That's drilled to deep left field. Conforto gives it a courtesy glance, but that's way out of here. Anthony Rendon parks his first home run of the season. His third RBI of the day, and the Nationals now lead 6-3. to This was a major ding-dong. Yeah, this was a good one. That's a ding-dong. Well, Michael Taylor would single again, but the remaining Nationals couldn't drive him in as the game went into the fourth. Matt Reynolds singled off Joe Ross, then the new pitcher, Sean Gilmartin, roped a double into left. <laughs> and he slices one down the left field line. Worth's not going to get it, and it goes to the wall. Reynolds digging for third. He's going to be waved home. Turner's relay throw, not in time. Sean Gilmartin with an RBI double to get the Mets back within two. Pitchers, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, are we watching a game... It's like out of the Twilight Zone or something. Yeah. Is this it's wacky an world universe? Yep. I mean, pitchers Jeez. sometimes, as we said by Joe Ross, sometimes pitchers hit doubles. Well, Gil Martin's double had made it Mets four, Nationals six. Michael Conforto would follow him with a single to right that cut the deficit to a single run. It was five to six. Man, they're they're battling to try and Cindergard's out. The I was watching the Mets broadcast of this game. And they were talking about how demoralizing it is for a team to see their ace or one of their aces go down like that early in a game, especially after getting rocked. And so they were just talking about how these guys are probably trying not to think about it too much, but it's hard not to. Yeah, I mean, do it for Thor. You know, come back, win the game. That'd be awesome. I mean, speaking on that, the whole Nationals broadcast, the entire time was like, talking about doing it for adam eaton and like oh yeah it was god that got on my nerves like i feel bad for (laughs) any player that gets hurt i don't want players to get hurt and it sucks but like i hate they're like talking about him like he's dead like they're talking about like they're going out there and winning one for like a guy who tragically died it's like he's just hurt like do it for adam eaton he hasn't even been here that long but right for him they're like what he (laughs) means to this team is so much and it's like i think people know adam eaton is kind of like I don't like he's like a locker room guy. He's like a spark plug. So like maybe he did come and, and make a big impact. But like, man, I, I mean, they got off like, to a great start this season, you right. know, so maybe. But yeah, I hear you. He, I mean, he was really good, like for the White Sox coming into this year, like 20, uh, 2014, 2015, 2016. He was he was really good. One of the more underrated players. But I know a lot of people like. And he's made a full recovery and, and, like we said, helped them get a ring and everything. I know a lot of people don't really like Adam Eaton. They find him to, like, that kind of spark plugginess to be, like, a little bit too much. Uh, but obviously he made a big impact on the Nationals because they were, you know, mourning the loss of him. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the Nationals started off the bottom of the fourth with a pair of singles and a sack fly from Ryan Zimmerman that scored another run, making it Mets 5, Nationals 7. Then a Daniel Murphy single put two runners on for Anthony Rendon. First with one out. And that's in the air to deep left center. Back goes Granderson near the wall. And it's out of here. Second home run of the day for Anthony Rendon. This one's a three-run shot. That's a ding-dong. It was Rendon's <laughs> first career multi-home run game. And his fourth, fifth, and sixth RBIs made it Mets 5, Nationals 10. 
With the game starting to break open and their starter Joe Ross having already thrown 76 pitches through four innings, the Nats sent reliever Matt Albers to the mound for the fifth. Albers had an ERA of zero through seven and a third innings, and he worked through the Mets quickly, striking out two in a 1-2-3 inning. If you saw a picture of Matt Albers and you were told he was a professional uh, athlete, what sport would you say Matt Albers played? Bowling. I was going to say darts. Yeah, that too. Yeah, darts is a good one. I was going to say he's one of those guys you see on ESPN2 playing professional cornhole. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Albers is the kind of guy that shows up to training camp every year and he, they say he's in the best shape of his life. That he's that <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> we love Matt Albers, though. I mean... Well, Matt Albers played for a long time and had a really good career. So, like, yes, it was up and down, but most relievers' careers are up and down. So I think I think Matt Albers has a lot to be proud of. But, yeah, my immediate thought is I think darts is a great one. Yeah, my immediate thought was, was cornhole. But I think it's darts. I think you win, Warner. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Something about watching Matt Albers it. pitch, too, is kind of scary. Like, he looks kind of scary. His facial expressions <laughs> and stuff is like, I don't know what he's doing, but... Seeing a man that large making those faces, I wouldn't really want to be in the batter's box. <laughs> well, after giving up five runs, Sean Gilmartin was replaced by Fernando Salas for the bottom of the fifth, but Trey Turner doubled off him to start the inning. After Bryce Harper walked and both runners advanced on a Zimmerman groundout, the Mets elected to intentionally walk Daniel Murphy so they could keep the double play in order. But, in doing so, they loaded the bases for Anthony Rendon, who made them pay. 2-2 coming, and Rendon flies one to deep right center. Back goes Lagares near the wall, and it's off the fence. Turner is in. Harper scores. Zimmerman is in. Nine RBIs for Anthony Rendon, and it's 13-5 Washington. That was almost a ding-dong. It was also really dumb, I feel like. I, why would you pitch uh, yeah, to Rendon? I, I thought it was really dumb to load the bases for Rendon. But law of averages says Rendon is three for three. He's not going to go four for four, you know? And then he so, does. I feel like sometimes, yeah, you just got to throw, I don't know, you just got to throw that shit out the window, it feels like sometimes, and just go with your gut. Rendon has been killing you all day. He's going to keep killing you. I don't know. It was, you know, like I do, I definitely get what you're saying, Sam. And I agree that normally that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, you're just watching this game. You knew Rendon was going to do something big here. You knew he was going to come up big. And yeah, sure enough. (laughs) Also, just because he's three for three and realistically probably will be three for four after this at bat, still doesn't mean he's going to ground into a double play. He could strike out or pop up or do anything, and then the bases are still loaded. You know, I just, I'm not a, Intentional walks, you're just, like, this easily could have been a home run, and, man, yeah. that would have been really bad for them. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Rendon's double, Rendon's basis-clearing double was mere feet away from being a grand slam, but either way, he'd take the three more RBIs that made it Mets 5, Nationals 13. With his ninth RBI, Rendon set a new franchise record for the Nationals that stretched all the way back to when the team was still in Montreal as the Expos. So, I mean, I think at this point, um, listeners, usually, you know, we try to give you guys a, you know, 
intense, you know, back and forth uh, retelling of the game. You know, we like to try to not tell you what's going to happen. Right. But I think you guys can uh, pretty much tell from this point. It's Mets 5, Nationals 13. Well, uh, I mean, there's been – we try to keep the suspense. We try, we try to keep you guys in suspense. And look, if this game – it's 13 to 5 right now. If this game was a Mets comeback, that would be an awesome game. Like, that would be awesome. But that's not going to happen, guys. It's nope. just about to get worse so, for the Mets. It, it's it's yeah. going to get really, really bad for the Mets. Yeah, we're just going to have some fun. We're just going to have some fun talking about it. We're going to play some Nationals uh, highlight sound effects and just, you know. And only have, Nationals have, have highlight sound effects. There will be no more <laughs> Mets sound effects. This is all Nationals from here on out. Hey, yeah, they got so, their you know, time early. You know, yeah, it can't be too just, bad. Buckle up there, listeners, and enjoy the ride as we now pretty much only talk about the Nationals, but we're going to have fun doing it. (laughs) Well, the Mets could only muster a single in the top of the sixth, which gave the Nationals another chance to tack on more runs, which they promptly did when Matt Weider smashed one over the left field wall for the Nationals' 14th run of the game. The Mets couldn't score in the top of the seventh, obviously, but the Nationals started off their half with back-to-back doubles that made it Mets 5, Nationals 15. Rendon singled again, making him 5-for-5, but for the first time all day, he didn't knock in another run as Daniel Murphy was held up at third. Law of averages says he's not going to go 6-for-6, okay? I get it. He went 4-for-4, and now he's going 5-for-5, but he's not going to go 6-for-6. You got to keep pitching to him. There's no room (laughs) for laws in Nationals Park, Sam. Was no I the only one loss. mad at Daniel Murphy here? For not uh, just going I, home? I mean, yeah, he should have tried it. He should have tried. He held up because it was kind of like a looping uh, looping single into left. He wanted to make sure he wasn't going to catch it out in left field. Yeah. So, You're up by 10 you know. rounds. Yeah, yeah, but Rendon is on the verge. Right, that's what I'm saying. You're up, by, yeah. you're up by 10 rounds and oh, your teammate yeah. is on the verge of history. Just fucking go for it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Daniel Murphy is not a very fast player. Yeah. Because unwritten rules you're up by no, 10 like, runs why go sure you don't want to like, yeah. you don't want to rub it in whatever but like i think records pr- uh supersede all else like yeah yeah because what i mean daniel murphy Rendon is also is that... just slow i don't think he you know he probably knew he's like i'm not gonna make it there's no point but, but it was yeah, interesting I... that even the mets broadcasters were kind of they're kind of dunking on murphy here a little bit they're like <laughs> he must not know that rendon is about to get like that he would have been the 10th rbi for him today he yeah, must have just not yeah. known they were like basically saying daniel murphy was an idiot it's like I mean, nah, yeah, that's not I'm, wrong he probably knew i'm sure daniel he murphy knew. is an idiot well go yeah, check his quotes I mean, yeah no yeah that's true it was <laughs> yeah, he's an idiot for yeah, a whole lot of things but he should have just gone i i agree with you guys he should have just fucking gone for it yeah, I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? You get out, and now you're still only up 15 to 5. Yeah, yeah. And then Rendon loves you. He's like, oh, man, thanks for trying, you know? Yeah, now he's yeah. like, the hell, bro? <laughs> well, Murphy wouldn't stay on third for long, though, as a Mets heir would see him crossing the plate. Then Matt Wieters decided to join in the multi-home run game action. When they have faced him, yeah. And that's drilled to deep center field. Racing back, Lagaris near the wall, and that's gone. Wieters with his second home run of the day. This one a three-run shot. Following Wieters' three-run shot, the Mets decided to save a real bullpen arm and sent in backup catcher Kevin Ploiecki for his first major league appearance as a pitcher. He started off against the pinch-hitting Rafael Batista, a recent call-up that was getting his very first MLB at bat, 
but he flied out to center on the first pitch. What an awesome pairing. <laughs> yeah, this is so great. <laughs> right, first first time pitching against first time batting. And look, two-thirds... First pitch? <laughs> at least two-thirds of Oget Pod does not like pitchers hitting. But I think it's safe to say three-thirds of Oget Pod love hitters pitching. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's uh, It's a good time. Um... But yeah, Rafael Batista, he gets a little eager. Uh, you know, he could have waited to the second or third pitch. Probably would have had a home run in his first major league at bat. But uh, yeah, flies flies out to center on the first pitch. It was a deep fly ball, though. We'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have hit it out, but sure. <laughs> I love that it's always the backup catchers, too, that seem like, to be the first guy. Yeah, like yeah. he's just been chilling all game. He's... Not expecting to come in unless there's an injury. And then someone walks up and is like, hey, do you mind pitching? Because, I mean, this shit's over. And he's like, oh, for real? Sick. <laughs> That'd be so scary, honestly, to be on the mound throwing batting practice pitches without having, like, the screen or anything like that. Yep. You're just lobbing them up there hoping they don't hit a comebacker right at yeah, you. Yeah, but you oh, know man. all of them are just, like, sitting on it and – and hitting yeah, the ball. Yeah, they're swinging like, for the fence. That's with true. such an that's uppercut true. that, like, they... Because they're all just trying to hit homers off. That those. launch angle, yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. Well, Ploiecki then got Trey Turner and the pinch-hitting Wilmer Defoe to fly out to end the inning. All wow. three of these fly balls, like, could have been home runs. Like, yeah, they, they were, they were track. <laughs> pretty close to the warning track or on the warning track. Yeah. In the bottom of the seventh, the Nationals had scored five runs, which equaled the crooked number they'd hung on the Mets in the bottom of the first, making it Mets 5, Nationals 19. The Mets would go down in order in the top of the eighth, then send Ploiecki back out to face off against the heart of the Nationals' order. But he'd get off to a rough start against Bryce Harper, who took Ploiecki's sub-80-mile-an-hour fastball deep to center field for his ninth home run of the year. It was Mets 5, Nationals 20. I mean, it didn't even look hard for him it was just like literally batting practice oh yeah it looked like back when he was cheating in the home run derby like it looked that easy <laughs> yeah i mean he didn't he kind of looked up at it and i feel like even in his head he was like oh that was kind of boring <laughs> even though he just launched a homer he was just like eh, eh whatever i mean Why'd if he I pimped it like that would be the lamest pimped home run of all time to be up 20 oh, to 5 so... off the oh, back of be, like, move. he kind of just like ran out of the box like he didn't even do any like right. he didn't even really react he's just like okay let's move on <laughs> yeah yeah uh but no sam just to you know you're right bryce harper home run derby cheater stealing it from my boy kyle schwarber yeah, oh God. How can we live in a world where <laughs> Kyle Schwarber hasn't won the home run derby? This is terrible. <laughs> I bet if we could right. go back in time and if if, if things were different and Bryce Harper didn't <sighs> cheat, the world would probably be such a better place. With I think you're is right. Is that when I the timeline yeah. split and That's... we went into the fucking <laughs> hell world? Yes. <laughs> yeah, when Bryce Harper cheated in the home run. The world God, would be it, 2018. beautiful if Kyle Schwarber had that home run derby Trope, championship that, that, in that, his trophy it's like that meme where it's all a utopia and (laughs) yeah the world if yeah the world if bryce harper didn't cheat in the home run (laughs) derby and kyle schwarber would have won uh well we can dream (laughs) 
Well, Ryan Zimmerman singled, then Adam Lind, who was pinch hitting in the pitcher spot, drove another batting practice caliber pitch 400 feet to center field that made it Mets 5, Nationals 22. If you're the Nats, do you really have to put Adam Lind in to, like, can't a fucking dong here? Can you not just let the pitcher hit? I mean, yeah, yeah I don't I was wondering I... if this was, like, maybe some unwritten rules <laughs> breaking here. I'm not 100%, but, I mean, come on. What, what are you doing? Yeah, just let the pitcher hit. Come on. <laughs> yeah, now this is the meme from The Simpsons where it's like, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the bases empty and a triple away from the cycle, Anthony Rendon got another chance to hit. And on the seventh pitch, he drove one to left. And Rendon slams one deep left field. Back toward the wall, and it's out of here. A 10 RBI afternoon for Anthony Rendon. The 13th player in Major League history to reach double digits in RBIs. That's a third ding-dong. Does this one even... (laughs) Yes, it does count, obviously. But also, does it really count? (laughs) I'm actually really mad that they put Adam Linden now because... Or that Adam Linden decided to hit a homer. He could have easily just singled himself. And then Rendon hitting this home run, if it was a two- or three-run home run, would have had 11 or 12 RBIs, which has, like, barely ever been done. Yeah, I mean, isn't 12 12 is the record. Yeah, 12 is the record. So if Zimmerman would have just singled, which would have been plenty easy to do. Or, yeah, I mean, if if uh, Lind would have singled, yeah. yeah. Then Rendon would have got 12. Well, it wasn't a triple to complete the cycle. His solo shot made it Mets 5, Nationals 23 and gave Rendon his 10th RBI of the day, pushing the Nationals record he set a few at-bats ago just a little further. And, yeah, he's, he becomes one of just 15 players who have ever hit 10 RBIs in a game. Like, that's, that's awesome. a pretty ridiculous yeah. stat line that he had. Yeah. The next three Nationals would go down in order, leaving the Mets with three outs before they could get the hell out of Washington and go home. It would take just four batters to finally end the game. Anthony Rendon had gone 6-for-6 and knocked in 10 runs in the Nationals' win over the Mets. Matt Albers would get the win, and Noah Syndergaard would take the loss. The seven home runs the Nationals hit was a team record. With Rendon's stat line, if you six hits, three homers, 10 RBI, that's a series. Like, that's an incredible series. Like, if you did that in the World Series, you'd get the World Series MVP. And he did this in one game. In one game. Yeah. It's also crazy that with this seven home runs the Nationals hit being a team record, they hit three of them <laughs> in the bottom of the eighth inning yeah. off of Kevin Ploiecki. That is wild. Um, well, he, it's just funny. Though. Like, Clevin, Kevin Ploiecki was literally throwing batting practice. Like, he was throwing ball yeah. barely faster than they would throw batting practice. Yeah, they he, almost, he almost gave up six homers, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't imagine that, like, Rivera was throwing down signs for him or anything. I don't, I don't imagine no. Plucky had, had multiple pitches in his arsenal. I think he was probably just throwing the heater that wasn't... His version yeah. of a fastball. Well, they did say on the Mets broadcast, while Plucky was pitching, I think it was after he gave up the first home run to Harper, he was like, why doesn't he throw a, a breaking ball? He's got to have something that he can just throw out there even if it's not any good. And then the other broadcaster was like, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Like, Who cares is a great thing for that broadcaster to say. Uh, points for him. And then 
I mean, what do you want him to do? You want him to crisis? They were actually having a good time. They were praising Rendon. I thought they were really classy. Actually, they were like, "Oh, that's good." They were talking about Rendon and getting hyped about him potentially getting to ten RBIs. So that was cool. What do you want Ploiecki to do? Try to throw some kind of breaking ball and throw out his fucking elbow and miss the rest of the season? Yeah, or hit the player and then start (laughs) some sort of like shit that they don't need. Just groove him yeah, in there and get, it, get, to out. get out of it. Yeah. The Nationals would never relinquish their lead in the NL East and would go on to win the division, while the Mets, just two years removed from appearing in the World Series, would finish fourth. The Nationals would ultimately fall in the National League Division Series to the Cubs, but in 2017, this team of hitters and a stellar rotation showed flashes of brilliance that would later come to fruition when the Washington Nationals finally won the World Series in 2019 over the Astros for their first championship in franchise history. Harper was holding them back. He said he was going to bring a championship to D.C., and he did it. And he did. What am I, <laughs> that is one of the best baseball, just random off-season shit moments that uh, I love. Bryce Harper in a... Bryce Harper in full Phillies garb at his pre- introductory press conference in Philadelphia says, After "My goal is for three hundred and thirty million dollars." <laughs> says, "My goal is to bring a championship to DC." Wah, wah, wah. And even though he'd given up four runs in his two innings of relief work, Kevin Ploiecki would return to the mound in 2019 and throw two perfect innings for the Cleveland Indians. But stunningly, he'd be left out of the Cy Young vote. Kevin Plucky was robbed. Yeah. Completely Come robbed. Um, baseball is just not fair sometimes. It's just oh, not fair. What, you're going to give it to Verlander? You're going to give it to Cole? No, come on. Blah, throw votes to Plucky. He had a zero ERA. Throw all the votes to Plucky. Come on. What is it about minutes. Cleveland? What is it about Cleveland that they just develop these pitchers, man? Yeah. I mean, to go it's... Kluber, Bauer, Clevenger, Carrasco. Bieber now, Red Hand. I mean, it's like Kevin Pluecki. I mean, Kevin Pluecki. Anybody who pitches for the Indians, like they know what they're doing. I think awesome it's safe to say Pluecki Kevin actually Pluecki. turned into a real pitcher. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think it's safe to say Kevin Pluecki, Ogat Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. I mean, Kevin Pluecki, come on the pod. Tell us about your perfect innings. I would actually love to get Kevin Pluecki on the podcast to talk about any of his pitching outings. That would actually be ideally we would talk about the perfect innings and not what happened here. But I'd, I also like maybe to talk would be about very curious. Here. I'd like to talk about yeah, both of them. I'd love like, to hear hey, what he has well, to yeah. say. I mean, he I seemed mean, like he was actually in a pretty decent mood considering he was getting rocked around. Like I think he was fine. I think he knew that it did not matter yeah, at this point. They like to just go out and throw, you know? That's kind of one yeah. of the things about baseball is like you're playing hundred and sixty two of them. Like not every game matters the way football does or if one gets away, one gets away, and you don't have to be sad about it for a week. Like, you get to play another one tomorrow, you know? Yeah, and they they did win the series. Right. So, I think they were probably you blown out, you got to just go. Eh, and and no. he was like, Syndergaard's hurt? They're going to need someone to replace him in the rotation. <laughs> right. Think, yeah, that was his tryout. <laughs> I didn't do that much worse than Syndergaard. I actually did better than Cynic. He did. He actually did better. Yeah, he had a better line at the end of the day, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, this was a fun game. Um, I have a fun game for extra innings. Yeah, yeah. Should we do some extra innings? Sam, you've got something for us? So in honor of what I think is like 
Wasn't this our first blowout that we've done on the podcast? Yeah, we did a uh, high-scoring game, but it was not yeah. a blowout. No, I think this teams. is our first no. like yeah. actual our bona fide first, blowout. Our first official blowout on uh, the podcast. I've got a game that's all all blowouts. I'm going to tell you about a, a specific blowout from sports history, and you're going to tell me if it's something that really happened or if I made it up. And you okay, guys will so. play together in typical OGAT fashion. All, all right. right. We're going to beat your How buns. many do you have? They have eight. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, sounds good. Take it away whenever you're ready. So this first blowout happened on the American football gridiron. In uh, 1916, Georgia Tech defeated little-known Cumberland College 222-0. to did that actually happen, I... or did I make that up? What okay, question. Am, Cumberland yeah, am I allowed to look up if Cumberland College is even a real college? <laughs> uh, it is a real college. Yeah, okay. what were the Cumberland College and who? <laughs> Georgia Tech beats Cumberland College okay. 222 to 0 in 1916. Uh, as right, long yeah, as I he's mean, not making up something random, like it was 1918 or something, I feel I like I will say I'm not, I'm not doing any bad faith moves like that. Okay, okay. I'm, I feel like I remember this 200-point college football game going down in history as one of the craziest cuz Georgia Tech is like a bona fide college, you know, football play like the powerhouse, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> they are a and, football place. <laughs> yeah, a football powerhouse was the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. But they, I'm sure, yeah. And Cumberland College I think was just like a bunch of nobodies and I don't even know why. So they you're played. saying true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with true. Yeah. That is true. Uh uh-huh. Cumberland job, College Charlie. actually had shut down their football program before this game was played on October seventh, nineteen sixteen. But Georgia Tech allegedly was so upset that their baseball team had lost to Cumberland the previous season twenty two to zero that they demanded <laughs> Cumberland honor their previously scheduled game. And so Cumberland oh, College sent a hastily it. assembled crew out to play Georgia Tech, and they got destroyed with Georgia Tech scoring 32 touchdowns and Cumberland having 15 turnovers, nine fumbles, six interceptions. My God. <laughs> That's so just, they just I, bullied Cumberland into playing this game with not even having a football team. And it was a yeah. revenge game. Yeah, I like that their, their baseball team lost. You said 22 yeah, to 0. Yeah, 22 0. Like, Fuck it. Tack on a 0 after that, and we're going to beat them by that much. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, what you got for number two? All right. We're going to take you to the rink. We're going to put this one on ice. And in 1987, a huge rivalry, Australia versus New Zealand, Australia beat New Zealand 58 to 0. Oh my god. In a game of hockey. <laughs> that number just seems too insane to me. I feel like you just wouldn't have enough time to even score 58 goals. You know? Um I mean, mean 220 in the football game is insane too, but they go up by yeah. 7 every time they score a touchdown, so it, yeah, you exactly. Know. Um 58. Holy I mean, shit. <laughs> my gut says false. Um, I feel like my gut is initially going to say false on all of these, but I don't know. I'm I'm just going gonna go with false on this one, Charlie. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's my gut too. Fifty eight just seems too much. Yeah, I don't. Okay, we're gonna say false. 
This one's actually true as well. Oh, my God. New Zealand's hockey team was less than a year old when they entered the 1987 World Championships of Hockey. In, the fir- in their first game, they lost to South Korea. Known the hockey powerhouse, South Korea. They lost to them 35-2. to Oh, that's right. If I had remembered that South Korea game, I definitely would have remembered the Australia game. <laughs> and then Damn. when they played their rivals in Oceania, the next game, they got beat 58-0. to Wow. Wow. Well, good try, New Zealand. I hope your hockey team is better now. All right. Number three. In the 2004 FINA Water Polo World League, which is an international water polo league. Oh, I I watch all kinds of water polo, so I've got I got this one on. Right, I already China. know. In a group stage game, Serbia and Montenegro beat China forty-four to six. What year was this supposed to be? Two thousand four. Oh damn! I really didn't become a water polo fan until two thousand five. <laughs> oh shoot! I have no idea, I Charlie. Mean, the other I I took the true. lead on the last one, so you take the lead. True. Yeah, let's go with true. It's not even that big of a blowout in water polo. Yeah, I have no fucking clue if that's a big blowout in water polo or not. So. Uh, it would have been a ginormous blowout in water polo, but it does not exist, sadly. Oh. I made that one up. Oh, all right, all right. So you guys are one um, for three so far. All right, what's, what do we got next? In 1958... The biggest NBA blowout occurred when the New York Knicks beat the Cincinnati Royals by a score of 154 to 35. The score was actually 90 to 2 at halftime. They made a, like... they made a good comeback. It was 90 to 2 and they what was it 158 to 35? 154 to 35. Uh, yeah, well, Obviously when you you're know. in a blowout you take the starters out, maybe you let the you, you take your foot off the gas, the other team can start to come back. Um, I mean, these are tough because, like, the nature of these blowouts are could easily be manufactured. It's so huge. I'm gonna go with true. Um, yeah, the 35 actually was 90 to two at halftime. Then the score is believable. I can't. How bad were they to only score one basket in the first half? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, the 35. I'm not sure about that, but. I can see the 150 or whatever going up, but I'm going to say false. I, I want to go false. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll go false. Okay, false? It was false. I made that one oh, up. Ooh, nice. all right, all right. You almost had me fooled by throwing in the 90 to 2 at halftime. I was like, well, if that somehow happened, then the final score seems reasonable. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about we uh, go to the track and visit the world of NASCAR racing? where in 1965, Ned Jarrett won a race by 14 laps over the second-place driver. Oh, I feel like I could see this happening. I mean... He lapped him 14 times on his way to a win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, could I could see, see it happening. That. 1965, think of all the shit reliability issues cars probably had in 1965. Yeah, in his NASCAR. car was probably the only one that didn't break down or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to say true. It, I feel like I could see this happening. Yeah, um, yeah let's go That's with my true. initial thought. Yeah, all right, true. You guys are correct. In 1965, nice. Ned Jarrett won the Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway by 14 laps over second-place racer Buck Baker. And he Did beat, it say? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he beat the third and fourth-place finishers by 19 laps. Right uh, now, you guys <laughs> are three for five, and there are three all remaining. Right. 
Okay, what's next? The 2003 Rugby World Cup, Australia beat Namibia 142-0. to zero. Uh, I could see this happening. I yeah, feel like Australia. I think Australia is a pretty, they're a, a rugby place. I mean, powerhouse. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I want to, I, I don't know. I, I'll go with true. Yeah. This one true. is true. Australia really yeah, did so. in 2003 beat Namibia 142 to zero. Namibia wow. has played in, in six rugby world cups, 19 attempts, 19 games have never won a game. Their Oof. best result was in 2015 when they had a one-point loss to the nation of Georgia, unless you want to count the draw they received after their 2019 match against Canada was canceled. Wow. It's the Wallabies, right? Isn't that the, that Australia is the Australian rugby team? Rugby team yes. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, okay, we're doing okay, Charlie. We're coming back. You're we're coming four back for like six. Sam's made-up basketball team. Four for six. <laughs> All right. Well, we are a baseball podcast, so how about we talk some baseball? In 1999, Nebraska beat Chicago State 50 to 3 on the diamond. 50 to 3. 5 0 to 3. I feel like I want to say, yeah, that is a lot. I want to say false because part of me feels like if your team is up by 30 runs in the eighth inning, you're not putting normal pitchers in the game. So well, in 1999 in, guys, in college, you I guess that's true. Guys be. still want to be able to prove that they, you know. What were the teams again? Nebraska? Nebraska versus Chicago State. At what point does the team that's racking up the runs just start getting beaned by the other hitters? Because they're like, fuck you, <laughs> it's 40. You have 40 runs. And you're just still going. I need an answer soon, guys. Okay. What well, think, we Charlie? thought true a lot about this one, and we thought a lot about the basketball one, and that one was false. The ones we've gotten true, or the ones we've gotten right, we didn't think much about. So I'm going with false. So you think this is false? Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll go, I'll, we'll go with false. Unfortunately, on March 16, 1999, Georgia Tech made NCAA history when it claimed a 50-3 victory over Chicago State. This one wow. was true. The craziest That's part? wild. The game was actually called after six and a half innings. Because of the mercy rule. Oh my rule. god, they got mercy oh rule at 50 runs? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, I was thinking, oh, they played a whole game, I guess, but Jesus. I'm not a huge um, unwritten rules guy, but come on. <laughs> lay off, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's just more of a human decency thing, I feel like. Just, there are humans on the other side of the field. That, All come right, on. you guys are they four for seven. There's one left. If you get it right, you win. Right. If you get it wrong, we tie. And that means you have to give me $300. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, our final one. We're going to take you to the world of tennis. The U.S. Open. American Stan Smith beat Englishman Ned Stockingham in three sets, not allowing a single point in the most lopsided Grand Slam final of all time. What was the British I mean, guy's name? Ned Stockingham. Ned Stockingham. Or Stockingham? That know. sounds like a made-up name, but also British it sounds people, like a British name. Yeah, so. British people have those kind of made-up-sounding fairy tale I names. Mean, Stan Smith got some shoes named after him, so we know he's a good tennis player. Yeah, I think that British guy, you know, they just like pull them off the street or something 
This was the this was in the the Grand Slam final. This is the yeah. most lopsided Grand Slam final. Oh, this was in the final. The most lopsided Grand Slam final of all time. Ooh, I thought it was like I guess I missed you say final. I feel like I thought it was like an early beginning of the tournament. No, it was if the final was the of the final. 1973 U.S. Open. I'm. I think I'm gonna go with true. Still, I could still see it. Somebody just like having a bad day, you know, not being yeah, able I mean, to score. I don't know, a point. To go, I don't know, man. To go to not score a single point in the final of the Grand Slam, whatever, uh, what whichever Open, whatever. The 1973 that, U.S. Open. 1973 U.S. Open to be in the final and not score a single point. I just can't. I can't believe that one. I gotta be honest. I can't believe that. Okay. So maybe we'll, chart. We could go no, separate. We could go separate. No, we'll go with false because okay. I still right. am not sure he's even a real guy. The British Ned. I mean, come on. <laughs> Ned Stockingham okay, we'll go is not a real person. I completely oh, made him up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys win the game. You guys win the blowout game. Not in uh, a blowout. You have it to give us three hundred dollars. Yeah. No, yeah. that was not well, agreed to. Sam, here. How about do this? You send us each three hundred dollars, and we'll send you back six hundred. How does that sound? <laughs> It's a pretty good deal, Sam. I send you, get... you each three hundred dollars, then you each send me back six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great deal? How about I send one of you three hundred dollars, yeah. then one of you sends me six hundred dollars, then I'll send the second three hundred dollars. Yeah, okay, send, send me three hundred dollars. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to one game at a time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this game. Uh, we had some fun talking about it. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, email us at okatpod at gmail.com. If you have game suggestions or any thoughts about maybe this game or any other sports blowouts, uh, do you think you could have done better in the extra innings game? Let us know. Uh, we've got new episodes every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends about us. We are on all the podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps get our show out there, especially with baseball being back. Uh, and also, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at OgatPod on all of those. Uh, connect with us there. We're you know always trying to post stuff. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, we are on Patreon as well. So check that out if you want to support the show. We'll shout out new supporters at the end of our episodes. And like we said at the top, you'll also get some priority in suggesting games. So check it out. Yeah, and if you subscribe to the Patreon, what you're actually doing is you're helping fund Warner to send me $300. Yep, that's right. And then Sam's going to send me $600, and then I'll send him back $1,200. It's just perfect. We'll just be going back and forth, racking up all this money. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, And we will see you all next week. Bye. 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 This ball is crushed.